I have to be quite honest, I've been a little frustrated with the church lately. <laughs> it's the reading, it's the lectionary actually. Um, what's, what's strange was that uh, this is a really strange time with the lectionary because we're on a, again, we're on a three-year Sunday cycle with the lectionary, and then for daily mass we're on a two-year cycle. Um, this is the, probably the most awkward point when the two kind of meet, because what happens is last year we were reading from Matthew's Gospel on Sunday. And then at one point we were also reading Matthew's Gospel for daily mass. And then we switched over to Luke's Gospel at one point for daily mass. Now we're back in Matthew reading a lot of the same stuff we just did for the Sunday readings on Sundays this past year. Uh, and so it's like, well, I've got to pull out all the creative juices to think of something else to preach about. Um, so I'm a little frustrated with this. So I was like, I told Doc, I was just joking with him in the sacristy. I was like, I'm going to just have to start preaching on Isaiah for Advent, uh, which is really actually not a bad idea because like, Isaiah is like the Advent prophet. Um, like, we hear from Isaiah all throughout the Advent season. Uh, and it's, it's funny because when I was thinking about that and looking at these readings, in many ways, the gospel reading is normally the one that's first, right? Because usually we go kind of semi-continuously to the gospels. Um, and then normally the first reading is picked on the gospel reading. It almost seems to me like, at least with Advent, it seems to be almost the opposite way. Because we read from Isaiah almost every single day during Advent. Um, and the gospel reading almost seems to be picked on that reading from Isaiah. So if you look at it today, like what's Isaiah talking about? He's talking about like the city of Jerusalem, the eternal Jerusalem, uh, is like, like built as a city, like, like the, the people of God being built as a strong city, and the Lord being an eternal rock. All right? And so then we get this gospel passage about like the difference between the house being built on rock as opposed to being built on sand. So to me, like, it almost seems like it's backwards. Like Isaiah sets the tone, and then we have the gospel reading picked on Isaiah. Uh, we're going to be reading through Isaiah. And what's interesting with Isaiah, if you didn't know, the whole book of Isaiah was not written by one particular guy named Isaiah. Like we think like the, third, the first third of the book is maybe written by Isaiah himself. It's a long book. It's like 60-something chapters. Um, and so we, we've identified this probably at least three different authors who have each wrote about a third of the book of Isaiah. And so uh, what we hear from with a lot during the Advent season is actually not Isaiah himself. It's actually one of his, we would say, one of his students or someone who writes, we would say, in the school of Isaiah, who kind of carries a lot of his themes. Because the first part of the book is mostly like, we would say, like, like the historical prophecy, where Isaiah is talking like to King Ahaz. We hear that in Isaiah. Uh, where he says, like, you know, like, like, ask for a sign from the Lord. It's more like, like what's going on, him actually prophesying in uh, Israel itself. Whereas the, we would say, Deutero and Trito Isaiah are guys who are focusing more on, maybe on this, like, eschatological prophecy. They're looking at, like, the end times. They're looking at, like, who the Messiah is going to be. And so, like, that's why we hear a lot of these readings from what we would call Deutero and Trito Isaiah, who are talking about who is this guy who's going to be coming. Um, and so that's kind of like, when we think of Isaiah for Advent, like that's what we should be thinking about. That we're probably not really hearing so much from Isaiah himself, but from the guys who came right after him, his students we could say. And they're focusing on like, who is the Messiah going to be? And so it says like God is an eternal rock. You know, uh, it, it's interesting because like Jerusalem was built, they call it Mount Zion. All right, it's built on a mountain essentially. Um, it's a city that they say was like set on a hill. And so, like, the whole point is, like, like, this is an analogy for God saying, like, he himself is the foundation. He himself is the rock. Isaiah says that the Lord is an eternal rock. So, like, the city is not going anywhere based on its foundation. The foundation is solid. The foundation is set. But what happens? It says, uh, a people who is righteous, he keeps in peace. So what happens when they're not righteous? That's where they get into trouble. The problem with the city and its security was not the foundation. It's not the walls that keep things out. 
The thing, the problem with the city is what's happening within the city. Is what's happening inside of it. And so that's what God's saying. So like, like you know, in this gospel ring, we hear Jesus talk about like the foundation of rock versus the foundation of sand. All right. So like for us, like this is more talking about like our personal foundation. Like if our personal foundation isn't a lived faith, it's not just a professed faith. All right, this is why we're not, we would say, sola fide Catholics or, or, or any kind of Christian sola fide, um, because we don't believe that you can't, just, you can't just say, I believe in God. Well, what does that do for you? Does that faith manifest itself into acts? We hear that, that God says, like, if whoever hears my word and, and does not act on them, that's the foundation of sand. Because in many ways, it's our actions that manifest the faith that we have inside. Because what happens if we just profess something all of our life, we never actually have the habit and virtues are habits, they are actions, if we don't actually build our life on virtues, on these habits, then when difficult times come, for example, a pandemic, then our faith just kind of washes things away. Like, like we have nothing that's there. And so in many ways, like during this Advent season, it's important for us. If we say that the Lord is the eternal rock, we have to turn back to God and say, okay, like where have I not allowed God to be my foundation? What's going on inside of me, inside of the city, inside of the walls of my heart, that's stopping me from letting, like, from building my city, building myself on the foundation of God who is the rock. And again, that comes down to habits. What are the good habits that we're doing? What are the bad habits that we're doing? And those we, we call those vices. So we're looking at those kind of things. God is the foundation. So we have to ask ourselves, if he's not moving, if the foundation's not going anywhere, we have to ask ourselves, are we allowing ourselves to be built on that foundation, or are we simply building our foundation on the shifting sands? and not letting God in. So that's the prayer today. Help us, like, like, Lord, help me to know myself so I can build myself on you as a foundation. Trust in that God supports us in all of our needs. We bring our petitions for his hearing. For all who hold leadership positions within the church, may God strengthen and guide them as they witness lives of faith and service. Let us pray to the Lord. For our national and local leaders, may the Holy Spirit lead them to find peaceful solutions to conflict and division. Let us pray to the Lord. For those who are most vulnerable to the virus, may the Lord place them under his care and protection. Let us pray to the Lord. For our local community, may the Lord look graciously upon the needs of the most vulnerable among us. Let us pray to the Lord. For all who have died, may the Lord grant them eternal rest. Let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God, our rock and our refuge, hear the prayers we offer you today and help us to find the firm foundation in you so that these prayers may be fulfilled according to your will. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. 
fruit of the earth and the work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. Receive, O Lord, these offerings we bring you in commemoration of St. Francis Xavier, and grant that as he journeyed to distant lands, out of longing for the salvation of souls, so we too, bearing effective witness to the gospel, may with our brothers and sisters eagerly hasten towards you, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Francis, you bid your church rejoice. So too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life, teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Shelton, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light, says the Lord. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops.
Let us pray. May your mysteries, O God, kindle in us that fire of charity with which St. Francis Xavier burned for the salvation of souls, so that walking ever more worthily in our vocation, we may obtain with him the reward you promise to those who labor well in your harvest through Christ our Lord. Just a couple of announcements. Uh, first of all, we want to say a huge thank you to all of you, especially those who you gave to the I Give Catholic campaign. Our goal, I believe, was I think $9,000 to um, get a more or less mobile sound system to help us out with masses in Shaver Gym. Uh, we exceeded that goal. We actually raised $11,175. So thank you so much for your generosity with that. Um, that's going to be a huge help for our Shaver masses for the foreseeable future, as long as we still have that mass in the gym. Um, also, we have first Saturday mass and confessions this weekend, so that'll be this Saturday morning. Uh, confessions will begin at 7 a.m., and mass will begin at 8 o'clock a.m. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. St. Michael the Archangel. Thank you.